You're listening to the Backseat Managers Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Backseat Managers. Again, we have me, Oscar, as your host again today, and we have Milo here with us as always. Um, so, yep, two of us are going to be diving in again, all the fun stuff that's gone on this week. Um, lots of fun stuff to go over. Specifically, what we're going to be chatting about is mainly the big old game that happened on Saturday with Arsenal playing Brentford and the phenomenal weekend that it was to be an Arsenal fan. Um, as around the Premier League, there were lots of other results that went on um, that made it a phenomenal weekend for us, which is fantastic. And if it can continue that way for every single weekend until the end of the season, that would be beautiful. So um, let's, let's, let's do that. Um, but before we dive into that, um, I have to use my trusty whiteboard um to show, show the Milo. People. There we go. So if you're listening um and aren't able to see, Milo beat me on predictions this week, um, which means case of ginger beer, his direction, or I guess it cancels us out or whatever. However we decide we want to do that at the end. Um but we're we're one each right now. So Milo correctly predicted that Chelsea would Dropped their guts against Newcastle, which what was, was score a I funny game. One nil. One nil. Yeah, you you were very conservative, um, and I that mean, was not how the score. Yeah, we'll talk about it more in a little bit, but yeah. And then you also correctly predicted that Tottenham would drop their guts as well against Aston Villa, which is funny. Um, and then I predicted that City Liverpool would do us a massive solid and draw, which. Uh, what was your score prediction for that one? 2-2. Two, two. So, ended up being a little bit tighter line there. So, the 1-1 one, one, um, draw between City and Liverpool. But before we get to any of those other games, because, you know, Premier League is important. We do love the Premier League, but we love Arsenal a lot more than any of the rest of it. So, let's get chatting about Arsenal. I watched that game from the comfort of a pub in new york so it's it's like the arsenal pub in new york so it's got a big old cannon on the front and arsenal flags and everyone in there is wearing an arsenal shirt uh the bartender's jumping around and having a great time it's called O'Hanlon's, and it's uh well let's just say it was a for 99 percent of the game it was a very tense atmosphere. Um, <laughs> what, what were you What were you thinking about during that game? What did you think? I thought it was it was a tough match. Like I thought we did you expect that going into what, it? Like I really i I thought it would be difficult, but I didn't think it was going to be that difficult. And when you look back at the game, you could say that we didn't really deserve a win. A draw was more of a fair result because their back line was so resilient to our attacks. And like, although we had the ball in dangerous areas, we didn't really look threatening a lot of the time. We were kind of just passing it to the wing, having Martinelli do a couple like dribbles and then cut back and then 
cross it to far post where their guys are so much bigger than like our forwards and they were just dominating us. So I don't really know what we could change, but I just feel like um, a lot more directive approach, maybe down the middle. I was watching it over at Ollie's house with Jude and Ollie and um, Ollie was the one that kept saying that he's like, these crosses are making me lose my mind. We, we need to go straight through the middle. Yeah, I honestly, if if we had like a heat map of the game, which I'm sure they exist, it would look very boring. Just a massive U, like in one corner of the pitch, which is where I felt like yeah. two thirds two thirds of the game was spent just in that U around the Brentford box, and I felt like it was over and over and over again. They had almost all 11 players just sitting in that box. And there was, I don't know, we would try the, the exact same thing a million times and it would never work. I do think we need to improve by quite a bit on our set pieces. Not so much, um, I mean, some of some of the corners, some of the, and not just set pieces, but kind of like balls into the box, different things like that. I, I feel like, you know, some of the kicks were very good, but I don't know. We, I feel like we, we take so many corners. We have so many crosses into the box and all the time, I feel like it's more rare that we actually get something on it. Um, normally the other team is, is, is beating us. And I, I think, I mean, that's how we won to be fair. Um, it was, it was a cross across the box and Havertz got on the end of it, but yeah, I feel like there's definitely room for improvement, but we do need to shake up the way that we're trying to get goals because, you know, we're, we're just getting getting found out a little bit that, you know, we're, we're not able to break down those defenses that just sit back like a boulder and just absorb pressure. So, yeah. And especially with our play style and the plays that we have up front, you would say maybe if we got an Ivan Tony then that play style would more suit us with the like going down the wing, cutting it back, crossing it to the far post with the winger's preferred foot. But when we don't really have that aerial threat in the box, it just becomes wasteful. And it's like we're doing all this build-up play that's like really nice and really organized for like an end product that's probably not going to come. And we got lucky yeah. with Kai Havertz. And if anyone could score that goal, I'm glad it was Kai because I think he he obviously needed it. And a game winner like increases his value a lot, which has kind of been in the dumps lately. So it's uh it's good to see him score again an open play goal. And hopefully, you know, it's the start of a little bit better of a form for him. Yeah, and the Really, the um, the bar I was in just absolutely erupted in the waka waka chant when uh, when Kai scored that, and I was really happy for him to do that, which was awesome. But Gabriel Jesus is the same height as me, and I'm not a very tall man. I'm five foot nine, and so crossing over and over again to a five foot nine person is is not gonna, it's most of the time it's not really gonna work out um, especially when the center backs are like six three six four yeah like i mean corners like and big things like that set pieces we have a bit more chance but i mean just like the crosses it's 
gonna, we're going to have a hard time, you know, getting getting goals that way. So yeah, um, yeah. So what, who did you think was our best player? The man we've said a hundred times, Mr. Declan Rice. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. He's so consistent. Like he's so good. Yeah, like 105 million, well spent, well, well spent, honestly. Yeah, I, I thought um, Zinch, I mean, specifically the one where he literally saved us off the goal line. I thought, but as well, Crazy. I thought he had, he, I, he's had some very good performances recently that have really saved our bacon. So um, respect for Zinch because he was kind of on becoming on the fringes of of the first team and he's really stepped up his game which is phenomenal Zinchenko yeah yeah not Declan Rice my thing with that is that he started that whole counter like attack that's true yeah that's that's true and it was a dumb mistake like watching him do it I was like what are you doing like I'm like yelling at him at my TV and um he did like Credit to him. He did block that. And Ramsdale was nowhere close to that. So that was going to be a goal. Same with the Declan Rice one as well. Yeah. Um, well, let's but... talk about that. You said you were talking about dumb mistakes. Let's 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 chat about uh, a little bit of that ugliness. What did you think about those howlers, that performance that we saw from, from Aaron Ramsdale? That was a bad first half. Uh, probably the worst half I've seen Aaron Ramsdale ever play. Which, I agree. Which sucks when, you know, you're trying to prove yourself or, you know, try and, like, prove the critics wrong, validate what his dad's chap- chatting about online. And well, I think I- a lot of that comes with the pressure that Altez has put on him. Like, obviously, we know he has, he's very, he has quality. Like, he showed that in the second half. And... He's a he's a great keeper, and almost, I would say like eighty percent of the teams in the Premier League would take him as their starting keeper right now. But that was a really poor performance. Just really, just dumb, like so yeah. dumb. The way he just like got tackled on the ball right in front of the goal, and then luckily Declan Rice was there. But then also when he threw it into the ground literally three feet in front of him. Like I've never seen anything like that. That no, was he, so and he, strange. He normally is very good with stuff like that. He's normally good with, you know, he's normally pretty good with his feet and he's normally, and you can, you could just see there were, there were definitely some jitters. I don't know what was said at halftime, but, but whatever was said at halftime really galvanized him. Cause yeah, as mm-hmm. you said, he had, he had a very good second half. Um, and you know this, even top level goalkeepers make mistakes sometimes. Yeah. And you know he's specifically in. I mean, we saw Allison in that game for Manchester City against Liverpool had a terrible game um, and made some pretty bad errors. Um, and Allison is one of the greatest goalkeepers in the world. So yeah, you would probably the, say the best. Possibly, yeah, possibly the best right now. And so you can, you know, just because those those howlers and, and the way that they were made 
like with that throw and with that, you know, they weren't evidences to me of a bad keeper. They were evidences like the, you know, the, it wasn't like he was missing obvious saves or like not, you know, doing, he did two stupid things that were, they looked to me not like evidence of bad keeper. They looked to me like a jittery person whose nerves are shot, confidence is shot. Yeah. And just made some, and he, he looked completely different second half. Like he, he was just really on top of it. So hopefully we can see, I don't know, hopefully he continues. I personally think he probably will leave in January. Um, if things continue as they do right now, I know I, I've been, I've been Ramsdale in from, from the get go. I love Aaron Ramsdale and would love to keep him. But, um, I think with, with the way things are at, uh, I think he's. I think he probably will leave in January. Um, the tough thing is, is you know, Oteta had said, yeah, two two goalkeepers, two goalkeepers, um, but really that's not the that's not been shown. Oteta has decided like we have a first choice goalkeeper and our second string goalkeeper, and Aaron Ramsdale is our second string goalkeeper. That's the decision that's been made by Arteta. So it makes sense that he is not rotating them because that's the order that he sees them. I personally don't see it that way, and but you know we we kind of have to deal with that. So um, Aaron Ramsdale is too good to be a second string keeper, and so he's going to leave. That's that's yeah. my personal view on it. It's it's frustrating because I felt like last year, although Matt Tun has proven himself in the Premier League, that he is a premier league quality keeper like i feel like he's done really well since he switched over but every time he was playing in goal especially like in the europa league or in the small cup matches i was really worried and i felt like we did not have the same stability in the back and you could really tell when ramsdale wasn't playing the nice thing about right now is if raya has to sit out or raya's injured Ramsdale is like almost the same level quality wise. And so I don't feel like our team is any weaker, you know? No. Yeah. I I think Ramsdale is, I think there is very little between them. I think they're both great keepers. Um, I think there's very little between them when they're on top form. So yeah, pretty crazy. But speaking of, speaking of Allison, let's, let's chat a, a little bit about some of the other, other games that went on this week. So, you know, as we were talking about, phenomenal week to be a Arsenal fan. Um, so let's, you know, the biggest one, what commentators and pundits were saying was going to be possibly the biggest game of the season, uh, Manchester City versus Liverpool. 1-1 um, draw um, wasn't, you know, I, I personally thought, uh, you know, the the one even the even though it was less of a scoreline. I thought the Arsenal-Newcastle was a more engaging game, personally. I th- I didn't think it was quite as blockbuster a game um, as I would have expected between City and Liverpool. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What did you think of that game? I thought it was a good match. I It's not that typical City-Liverpool game that we're kind of used to watching with these really aggressive attacks. It was a lot yeah. more balanced. Players stuck to their positions more. Um, clinical finishes to get them on the on the score line. I thought it like a little bit. It was like more dry 
just with the style of play. And that, that's a different type of football game to, you know, enjoy. Like it's one of those, like if you're a fan of either of the sides, then you're just like locked in the whole game. Like whoever's going to get the clinical edge is probably going to win the match. And Holland did well to score that. Also breaking that record, quickest to 50 goals ever in the Premier League, which is nuts. Um, so, yeah, shout out to that guy. He's a monster. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold with an absolute rip. I thought it was sick. And in the fashion that they did it, like kind of lace on to tie the game. And then it seemed like that's how the game was going to end. I thought it was, especially as an Arsenal fan, like I was really happy to see that. Um, but overall... Yeah, I don't think it was the most like engaging game, but probably for the fans, it probably felt like a very high intensity, just chess match a little bit between the two coaches. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of expected a bit more to come out of it, but um, yeah, we did see again. You know, we chatted about this when we talked about England, but we saw again kind of Trent's both his you know, quality and as well, kind of his weaknesses, um, Doku. And I mean, Doku is a monster, so that's part of it as well, but felt like Doku was, was running and ragged on that, on that left-hand side. Um, but yeah, his, his, he does have attacking quality that he can just pull out. And it was, that was a great goal from him. Um, and yeah, as I said, a shocker from, from Ellison, um, other games that went on. Oh, go ahead. Were you gonna say something? I was just gonna say about Doku. I felt like he was smoking Trent like in the first half, but then they sort of got a game plan for him and he got some support. So when Doku would drive to the um, the goal line, Trent would follow him, and then he'd have the center back step in and then cover that if he cut back and then tried to come around the box and hit it with his right foot. And then I felt like when they were doubling up on him, he really couldn't do anything. I felt like yeah. in the second half, he really got shut down. And him being their main point of penetration, when he kind of got locked down, they didn't really know what to do anymore. They still had Foden on the other side that was working and Alvarez in that number 10 role. But I felt like Liverpool did really well to like adjust to what Sissy was throwing at them. And then just wait for their opportunity and Trent took it when he had it. And I, again, totally. such a good strike from Trent. Love it. Yeah. He's great, but it, yeah, for sure. And he, he does, he does have plenty of qualities. I, I just think there's, there's better right backs in the league that exist. As um, you've demonstrated him. with your list last week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, other games that were, pretty interesting to watch so we had um so newcastle smashed chelsea 4-1 um we had you know there was a pretty terrible one of one of the worst kind of howlers um of there were a lot of howlers of this weekend um but tiago silvers where he literally just kind of like passed the ball <laughs> straight to to their player um, and he scored a goal. And then, yeah, Reese James, when you're the captain, you can't be doing stupid stuff like that. You can't be, you know, throwing your team under the bus. You're already down. 
and then doing a stupid thing like that to get the second yellow, get sent off, and basically wrapping the game up. You know, there was still time to play. There was still a good chunk of time um, where things might have been turned around. But with 10 men, you're you're dead in the water. There's, there's nothing you yeah. can do at that point. So I, Yeah, it was a surprising fixture. I think most people expected Chelsea to win. Um, obviously, I know something that everyone else doesn't because I guessed Newcastle to win. But um, a little bit of a humble brag. But I think... Not so humble. Yeah, not so humble. But Newcastle just kind of ripped him apart. I think Isak coming back added a dimension that they've really been missing the past few weeks. And also some of the youngsters coming in played really well. Lewis Miley had a really nice assist to Isak. Um, and then Anthony Gordon, he continues to go on this great run of form and kind of prove all of the doubters when he made that switch from Everton to Newcastle. Of which I was Wrong. one. I, I did not think he was, you know, I, I placed him in a similar category to the way I currently place Cavett-Lewin. Um, you know, I, I I didn't see kind of quite the level of quality that Everton fans had of Anthony Gordon and obviously Newcastle had when they decided to purchase him. But he has been phenomenal for them. Um, he's done a fantastic yeah. job. Same with and Isak. I think he was yeah. he was linked with Arsenal for a long time, and I thought he would be a massive flop in the Premier League, but he has done phenomenal. So I thought that too, honestly. I thought Isak wasn't going to do as well, and Anthony Gordon. I had the same sort of outlook until the World Cup, like the U twenty ones or U twenty three World Cup that they won, and probably like a lot of other people when I watched a few of those matches, I was like, okay, I think this is really going to be a turning point for Anthony Gordon. Um, See, and uh, it really was against, since then. Against he's been that, playing though, great. Cause in Kessia, it was absolutely phenomenal for, for England on under 21s. I think he might, I think he's the top goal scorer, maybe even the top goal scorer ever for England under 21s. I might be. I think he, yeah, for sure. I think he's like the youth teams. I think he has, yeah, he, he was insane for, for the England under-21s. And so you would think he was going to be this, you know, world destroyer. And he still has plenty of years ahead of him. But I definitely think Anthony Gordon is a level above Eddie Nketiah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know that that would have, to me, have been quite as much of an indication of his skill as it was to you. But Yeah, for me, it was just like... It was just that I was seeing him play a certain way that I hadn't seen him play while he's been at Newcastle for the second half of the season. And he obviously had quality at Everton, but we didn't know how that would translate to a top club. And also the way that it happened just with his sort of backing out when Everton were in a relegation fight, especially when he's an Everton man. Um supported wise so i don't know i felt a lot of people had negative feelings towards him after that and i don't know if that just affected his play on the field once he moved over to newcastle or he just found it hard in a different system but this season he's done really amazing and i think he's really turned a corner honestly yeah i think he's been been great 
Um, Tottenham, Aston Villa. So that, uh, that was a pretty crazy game as well. Um, again, Tottenham is just, you know, as we said before, we, we, we said this before and we, you can say we have a crystal ball and that we, uh, can predict the future. So if anybody wants to know their futures, just ask us. Um, because, you know, as soon as those injuries from Madison and Van der Ven came in, we thought they were going to have problems. To be honest, that scoreline flatters Aston Villa by quite a bit, in my opinion. Um, Son was not on the school sheet, but he would have had a hat-trick if he figured out what an offside is. He had yeah. three times he had the ball in the net and his, his foot was, was over the line. Just get on Man's side, looking son. like Richarlison right now. Seriously. Like, <laughs> he, he... Yeah. Get on side. And then Kulusevski... Oh, go ahead. No, yeah. Right as you're about to say, Kulusevsky with an absolute scissor right in front of goal nails the woodwork. You're yeah. like, how the hell did you do that? Seriously. And um, yeah, Son just needs to have that sort of, that presence of mind, especially as the captain. Like you can't be offsides that much. And obviously with VAR now, they're always going to call it. So He's just got to be better with that, honestly. And maybe that's him transitioning to kind of being in this full-time number nine rather than like playing on, on the wing. Like he, he's like being down that middle and constantly like on that top goal line. I don't know if that has an effect on it at all, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's unfortunate for them because the score line should look very different if um, the way that they played, I thought that that Tottenham, like as a whole, played better than Aston Villa, um, but unfortunately, you know, a loss is a loss, and uh, a loss is our gain, and it put Aston Villa all the way up into fourth place currently, which is insane. Above Credit Tottenham. to Niamhry above Tottenham, so uh, which is which is crazy. So, also um, um, something we didn't mention before. Stelling's freaking free kick was sick. That was good. I, I, and maybe this is just because I'm a disgruntled FIFA fan, um, because I have never scored a FIFA free kick in my life. Um, and so I just like assume. <laughs> that makes one of us. Yeah. Okay. Joke. Um, I just, <laughs> um, I just assume that, uh, when people take a free kick, it's going to be, Good effort, and it's going to be close, but it's not going to go in unless it's like Messi or Ronaldo behind the ball or, or James Ward. James Ward Prowse, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, normal, like it's very rare, and that was so cleanly in. And Nick Pope basically had as much confidence of that ball going in as we did because he didn't move an inch. He was just yeah, like stayed in the same spot. So yeah, he's like freak. This is going top bent. Yeah, but it's okay for him because uh, they ended up winning for one. So true. Uh, but speaking of screamers, let's talk about Mister Garnacho uh, at Manchester United. So crazy stat, crazy stat, and I did verify this because I heard a commentator say it, and I was like, "There is no way." And I looked it up, and it's true. Going into that game, of all United's forwards, only one goal had been scored. And it was by Marcus Rashford. So of all of United's forward players, 
This season? This season, Rashford yeah. has scored the only goal and he'd only scored one going into this game. Very that impressive. That is pathetic. And then this game, all three goals were scored by Man United forward. So Martial yeah. scored, Garnacho scored, and Rashford scored. So, um, But that, I mean, that shows how pitiful Man United have been so far this season. Um, but they have been kind of changing their fortunes going into this game. But, uh, I mean, before we dig too much into that, let's just let's chat about Garnacho for a second because that was one of the best goals I have ever seen. Me too. It was so sick. He hit that so clean, so perfect. And what a way to open your scoring for the season. Like that was his first goal of the season in the Premier League. And it was Ronaldo-esque. Like exactly the same kind of one he hit for Madrid. And the way he hit the Sui after, I thought it was dope. I thought like it was awesome, oh, especially because he everyone the, knows he's a the Ronaldo the kind Sui. of yeah, <laughs> Sui. and he just like especially because he's a Ronaldo fan, and you know he played for with him for a brief amount of time, and he's not shy that he's a Ronaldo fan. I I've seen some people on social media kind of bag on him for that, being like, "Come up with your own celebration or something." I think, especially after scoring a goal like that, like that's a perfect time to do it. I'd hit this I, it wasn't, if I did yeah, that. It wasn't, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. Ronaldo's hit some, has done some amazing goals, but I don't know if he's ever done one better than than like he's. I'm sure he scored comparable. Like his goals are comparable, but I honestly don't know if it's possible to score a better goal than that. Like I yeah. felt like it was. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, I don't, I, don't, and, I don't think a human, I don't think it's humanly possible to score a better goal than that. I know what's yeah, better. I don't, Would you take a bicycle or a halfway? A like halfway a, line goal. Yeah, like I think, a, like Harry the only way f- against. Yeah. Which one would you I take? think it just depends. Like if the keeper's out and he's not even in the goal, and you chip him from the halfway line. That's cool, but if you hit a bicycle in the top corner when the keeper's like ready for it and it goes in, I think that's cooler, honestly. Okay, so Garnacho, in your face, Hurricane. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> I love Hurricane. Um, yeah, so that that was that was insane. And good on, on Man United. They they had such a poor start to the season, but they really have been climbing very back up the rankings. very right now. Yeah, yeah they really are. They're, what, I mean, they're granted, only six points off the top. Yeah, they are. Let me pull it up right now. They're and what, granted, 24 with 13? All their games. Yeah, 24 with 13. Um, they are four points out the top four. Um, so, yeah, four points behind both both um, Liverpool and Aston Villa. So, not far away at all. Um, but, yeah, and to be honest, the games that they've won, they should have won, right? They, they didn't win crazy, like they beat. Everton, Luton, and Fulham, the last three games. Yes, you know, their three wins, that's phenomenal. They really should be beating any of all of those teams. And they only won 1-0 against Fulham and Luton, but it's still points on the board. And so you got to give it to them. They, they are kind of changing changing their stars. Um, but we'll, we'll see if that continues. They've got Newcastle and then Chelsea yeah. the next two games out. 
So, and also, I mean, with the same sort of ex- excuse I've been giving to Newcastle, got to give the same to Man United. Got to be even. Like gotta Man United, yeah, got to be consistent. Man United have a lot of injuries. Like they really do. Um, their forward line has been looking very shallow. Also, I I didn't know what was going to happen in the back line with Varane with that huge bust up with um, Ten Ho- Ten Hog. Seems like Ten Hog is falling out with a lot of his players that have been brought in for a lot of money, but they're still getting results. So it's not like we can criticize them too much, especially yeah, with Harry the Mil- injuries with they the have. Sheet, you know? Yeah. So best best uh, Premier League defender ever. <laughs> so um, lost yeah so last uh, last but not least so talking about bottom of the cha- table chat I feel like I'm glad we didn't put money or a shirt or a jersey or anything on that because Sheffield were abysmal um, and <laughs> they were so bad and um, didn't really you have glad... Sheffield going down no I I had Sheffield staying alive it was right off the back of them beating wolves and so oh, i thought no. i'd roll the dice um and say we're still Burnley gonna do some sort of that yeah we're still gonna uh, do something okay but uh we haven't done it yet so i can change my <laughs> change my change my prediction because uh bournemouth i mean bournemouth are putting distance like they you know they they beat newcastle and then they they beat sheffield you know that that was the the clash right like that if if they were either team was going to escape the relegation, they need to sink those games. And so Bournemouth, you know, Bournemouth did that. They they were able to beat um able to beat Sheffield very comfortably. Very, very comfortably. Um and that the one from um the error from, from their goalkeeper was um from West Fodderingham was awful. So that that was bad as well. So it was just for goalkeepers, it was a pretty bad week with Ramsdale, Allison, and as well Sheffield's goalkeeper as well. Um, it was also very poor. My team that I predicted to make it out of the bottom choked again. Yep. Again, they were very close to winning the game, and at the end bottled it. So, do you do you <sighs> think that Everton is going to go down? I don't know. I think so they it have just their depends. ten point deduction. So right now, sitting at the bottom of the table, we have Burnley and Everton at four points, Sheffield at five, Luton at nine, and Bournemouth at twelve. Bournemouth has climbed up, so they're drawing with Fulham already. So they and only a point behind Forest. So they are doing pretty good, actually. They they and I could have con- I could continue to see them like have good form. They honestly have some quality players. I feel like this style of play is like honestly not not boring to watch. Not like like the worst. Dominic so. Solanke already has six goals and an assist so far this season. That that's, that's crazy. a good return. Yeah. That is a very good return for for someone up front. So um, good on Dominic Solanke and 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 for his squad. I think I think they should be able to to escape that. So. I personally think that Everton, even with the ten point deduction, I think they have enough quality to get out. Um, but I don't know. It, it a ten point deduction is demoralizing though, and so it's it will be interesting to see. You know, three 0 they lost today um, against against Manchester United. 
uh, we'll we'll see what they've they've got coming up. So, um, any of the other games that you wanted to chat about? Um, honestly, shout out Man United. I think most people expected Everton to win, especially with really the kind of situation. I don't know if yeah. you have a good read on people. Like I, you, you say most people expected Chelsea to beat Newcastle. I would think that I think the opposite. And you said most people would expect Everton to beat Man United. I I don't know if you know what the public thinks. Here's what I'm saying. And this is just based off of things I've seen on social media okay. and like different YouTubers and stuff like that. A lot of stuff that I was seeing to defend myself first for the Chelsea Newcastle one. Chelsea just came off the back of tying with City at their home ground. And also... Newcastle have been ravaged with injuries. So a lot of, and Newcastle haven't been in good form. So a lot of people were expecting Chelsea to get, to get a result from that. And even from at St. James seen, Park? Even at St. James Park. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, but I mean, I like traditionally and especially not traditionally, but like with how Newcastle have been performing the past year and a half, I would say that Newcastle are the favorites. But even I was kind of fooled. I thought Chelsea was like had a really, really good chance of winning that, and they just got destroyed. And then with the Everton Newcastle or Everton United game, I think everyone has just like to a certain degree crapped on Man United, and everyone thought that Everton. No, I need to stop saying everyone, but a lot of people thought blanket statement. Every football fan, everyone in the world. Even me, no, but most people or a lot of people thought that Everton would get a result just with kind of the Sean Dyche style and personality as well as how they've been performing this year and how low in confidence I feel like Man United are, but they they didn't look like it. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they did. I mean, they they don't have Anthony Gordon anymore and Dominic Calvert-Lewin is not really doing what he needs to be doing like he's not scoring the goals that Everton needs him to score so I think um, he's been pretty reasonable this this year but I don't know how I mean in general like he scored like three goals I I feel like he's doing better than he normal like he has um generally he does have three goals which is a better return than than he normally has um like he (laughs) this is pretty sad the whole of last season he scored two and um, the season before yeah, he got crazy. five. So granted, but he also, he has been, had some pretty bad injuries yeah. that's kept him out. Like he only played half the games um, Still though. that existed last season. But You got to bag more goals you, than that. You have to. When you're, when you are the, like a, the entire front line, um, because they play such a defensive play, um, yeah. it, it's really on his shoulders to, to get some goals. Um and yeah, so so moving moving on though, um, we have we have some extra time. Um, so I was just curious, you know, we've never talked about this before. So I am just curious. Outside of Arsenal, outside of the Premier League, are there any other football teams that you support? It's a great do you, like, question. Keep an, do you keep an eye on any other teams? Because I know I do, and so I I'm curious whether you have like your priority one team and like some priority two or three teams that you'll keep an eye on. 
there's a few Premier League teams that I always keep an eye on. Um, I think you know this, but like when I was a lot younger, I really liked Wolves a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was back when they like before they they were in the Premier League a little bit, and then they went down. But speaking I, of that, by the but, way, I I found out we have um I was with some of our cousins out in New Jersey recently, and turns out they're all Wolves fans. So uh, it's who? it's um the Daniels. So oh, they really? um yeah they're all Wolves fans. So that's interesting. interesting. So it is in our blood, I guess. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, well, um, and then I, also I always have liked Aston Villa. Um, I think, and especially since Unai Emery went there, and I always really liked Steven Gerrard as well. Um, but he Wait, was obviously really poor there. Oh, okay. I was like, he's Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, no, when he was coaching, even though it was yeah, a poor yeah, coaching yeah. stint. Yeah, but yeah, and then I really like Unai Emery. I think before he went there, he was the exact. He went to the exact team that I was like, Unai Emery should coach this team. And I was like, Aston Villa would be perfect because they have high quality plays, but they haven't really had the right system to get the best out of them. And I feel like that's what Emery does best is like with those middle pushing like top tier players in in a league, he gets them performing really well. And he's really great at the cup competitions as well. So I, I think do. he's awesome. Yeah, I I, I do cheer them on. I I do like and, and Emmy as well though, because you got to be careful because we're uh you know they they're in Champions League contention now so uh, we you got to make sure our loyalties where they're at. There definitely are yeah. there are teams even within the Premier League um, that I do like more than others. Like Brighton, I like them. They're you know, that's the part of England that we're from, not too far away from Brighton, kind of that general area. And so um, that's, I kind of like them and want them to succeed. Aston Villa, um, our dad went to university there. So he he's actually, he likes, um, he's, he's kind of a Villa fan. So, but um, Nottingham Forest, they also kind of like as well. Uh, and then there's the ones we hate, obviously, like Chelsea, United, Tottenham, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Moving below that though, so let's let's talk about like lower leagues because we chat Premier League all the time. Let's say below Premier League, any teams that you specifically follow or keep an eye on? Um, I let me look in the Championship. So I mean, I'll tell you mine. Um, I, I've always liked Leicester. Okay, but I, like I, I feel like more. I'm all about Ipswich. Ipswich is sick this year. Ipswich, well, they're, they're sick this year. They're doing great. But that's because, and you should support Ipswich. We were both, even though our family's from South London, um, and we lived a lot South London, both uh, my lord, both of us were born in Ipswich. Um, or, you know, Barry St. Edmunds, but we lived in Ipswich and lived close to Ipswich. So Ipswich Town, I've always, I always keep an eye on them and see how they're doing. And it looks like they're going to be in the Premier League this season. That'd they, be awesome. Unfortunately, yeah, it would be great. Um, challenge my loyalty. I'm just kidding. I'm Arsenal through and through. <laughs> but I I do really want them to succeed. They unfortunately um, lost against West Brom this last week, but they have been killing it. And it definitely looks like it's going to be them and Leicester coming up. 
um, this next season with uh, to the Premier League with with some other team. They've both been um, dominating the championship so far. So really, uh, really do keep an keep an eye on them and uh, really want them to succeed. Other than that, so that's I would probably say Arsenal and then Ipswich is kind of my my second team. And then moving further nice. down the leagues, um, I'm a Rob McElhenney fan, like the actor. And I don't mind Ryan Reynolds either. I think he's pretty funny. So I do oh, like Wrexham. I know, I know I it's, uh, I, know, I know it's the kind American of popular. Club. Yeah, but the American Welsh club, I do keep an eye on them as well. Um, I watched the documentary. I really enjoyed the documentary. Uh, we went out to Philly because it's just a day trip away. And uh, Rob McElhenney has like a pub out there and it's like full of Wexham. Wexham? What's that? Uh, <laughs> um, full of Wrexham uh, stuff. So like shirts and um, banners and stuff, which is kind of cool. But yeah. uh, so I do keep an eye on them as well. They've been doing great as well. They just barely came up from the National League um, and they're in contention right now with, with getting promoted two years on the bounce. So they um, are up there looking to... to move all the way up to, to league one this next season um, from league two. So I'm hoping they do it as well. Um, I, yeah, they've, they had, they won six nil this last weekend. So they, they're doing great. They're in second place right now. Um, as a newly promoted team and going to second place is pretty phenomenal. So yeah. What about um, any sub, other- sub Premier league teams? Uh, other like top five leagues, I can think of a couple. Um, I always keep t- like track of Barca and Madrid. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like with them, I just like some of the players that are there, and so inherently, I I keep tabs. I think I like, like Madrid Jude Bellingham right now. Yeah, is it because of Jude? But like I was, you know, you always kind of do that, like growing up. And, you know, as you get older as well, like with having Messi and Ronaldo, you'd always just be checking on the highlights and, um, and also, you know, wait, are you more of the other a Real fan players. than a Barcelona fan? Are you no, Real or Barcelona? I think in, I think in our family, you and Ollie are both like more Barca than Madrid fans, right? Oh, I'm, I'm very much Barcelona, very much Barcelona. Um, I feel like, I, yeah, let's go ahead. No, you go, you go. I feel like I used to like Barcelona a lot and I didn't necessarily like Madrid better. I think now I definitely do, especially with the plays they have. I think they're way more fun to watch. I feel like Barca are kind of average right now. Honestly. I, I, but, I definitely have fallen out of love with them, um, but I used to follow them not quite to the same extent as Arsenal, but they were definitely kind of the team I was watching the second most. Um, yeah. Especially when they had, you know, Messi, Suarez, Neymar, obviously that was such an engaging front three. Um, yeah. And so was so was Benzema, Bale, and Ronaldo. But um, I definitely leaned Barcelona, completely Barcelona. I was quite anti-Real. Um and as well, having people like Puyol on the back line and Chevy and Iniesta in the midfield, you know, they, they're an easy team to love for sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, 
and so you know as the team has grown um as you know even when players have left well Puyol kind of handed the reins to Pique and now it's kind of passed as well um their current team I I definitely don't have as much of an attachment with not nearly close to I, I don't follow them much anymore they I'm I've kind of been sick of a lot of stuff that they've they've done you know financially they have just been all over the place um and have made so many different signings that make zero sense so i don't really love barcelona much anymore but i'm still barcelona over real i think i do like madrid a little bit more historically i i i really like ronaldo um but i definitely like Mm, messi more and i always have yeah oscar is a very anti-Ronaldo anti. person. I am yeah. anti-Ronaldo. But I think he's always been sick. And, you know, growing up with our extended family that was United fans, he would just terrorize us. When, like, as, as like, a fan that supports Arsenal, I was always like, terrified of when Ronaldo would come in a United shirt. And then when he went to Madrid, I just have always thought Madrid have had a really well-balanced squad. And especially the kind of new um, Madrid generation that we're seeing with the likes of Cruz and Modric being phased out, Casemiro recently left, Benzema leaving, Ronaldo's out. You're really seeing like a bunch of new talent come through. And especially the midfield, I think, is really like really fun to watch. I was also always sort of a, a Sergio Ramos fan. Sergio Ramos I, it definitely is in the conversation of greatest ever center backs. Um, yeah. He is like, I've never been a big Sergio Ramos fan, but I will admit that he is insane. Um, I'll always take Puyol over Sergio Ramos just because I love Puyol. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, he is phenomenal. Um, also some other, some other teams um, in France. Toulouse, I have always kind of kept an eye on, especially because it was only, what, an hour and a half from where we lived in France for a couple Last, of years. It was like 45 minutes. It was very close. Really? It was that? Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Super close. Um, and then I also really like Marseille. And Marseille was really close to us as well. It's because they're Arsenal's B team. Like, all our yeah. rejects go to Marseille. So. <laughs> no, it's true. But it's been, like, honestly kind of fun because then I get to watch his squad, see a couple different plays but i don't feel like there's as many anymore um i think is i don't think um is abomiang injured or something he's i don't think he's played the last few games um but yeah yeah we'll see yeah they 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 when doozy's getting phased out i don't think Klasnach is getting much playing time. Yeah, they they've but they've had a lot of our players over over time for sure, and they still you know, yeah they've they've still got they've still got Aubameyang and um, they had Sanchez as well for a little while, didn't they? Yeah, um, I think for a minute. I don't know when he left, but he's yeah. not on their squad anymore. But no, it's interesting. There's yeah. But I, I definitely I don't really keep an eye much internationally um, at this point, other than kind of 
checking in and seeing what the what the leagues are doing. But there's not like a like a team I really root for. I would say internationally, it's definitely English teams, Premier League, and some lower level teams. And I feel like it's for me, it's usually, and I think American sports are more like this than English or European sports, but I feel like it's a lot more common to follow the players. Like, obviously, like there's diehard fans that support clubs everywhere. Uh, I'm not saying that all of American sports are only targeted towards following players, but I think it's a lot more common. And I find that with following clubs outside of the Premier League. A lot of the time it's players that have played in the Premier League that have gone elsewhere. And then I'll start, you know, watching highlights or games of clubs that have had maybe ex-Arsenal players or ex-Premier League players that I like. So I feel like that's more so the sort of fan of other leagues that I am. But like you'll be a you'll cheer for anybody that LeBron's wearing a jersey for. Exactly. A hundred percent. For sure. That guy could be 80 years old and I'd still be a fan. Yeah. You totally would. Cool. Well, should we do um, predictions for this next week and then wrap it up? So yeah, let's do it. I'm ready to get some ginger beer. Yeah, right. Um, so let's take a look here. So this next week, Let's do um let's do Newcastle against Manchester United. Wow, I didn't know that game was coming up. Yep. Um I'm gonna say two one Newcastle. Two one Newcastle. Um yeah. I am going to say three one no, I'm going to say 2-1 Manchester United. Um, really? Burnley, Interesting. Yeah. I think I think Man United will win it. Um, Burnley-Sheffield. Wow. Yeah. What a terrible match. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I'm going to go 2-0 Burnley. 2-0 Burnley. I'm going to go 1-1. Um, Chelsea-Brighton. What are you thinking? This is a hard one. Here, you Chelsea can go will be able to back. Okay, I think um, I think it's going to be Brighton. a two-two draw. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a tough matchup. Yeah, I think one nil, Bryson. One nil, Bryson. Okay. And then last of all, this is a, going to be another good game. So Manchester City against Tottenham this next week. Mm. You go ahead. Okay, I think Manchester City is going to win 3-1. I'm going to go 2-1 so, City. Yeah, so we both think that uh, Tottenham is... Uh, yeah, as we said, I we, we said that we think Tottenham is going to drift a little bit away from, from the top rankings. And I think, yeah. I think it's going to continue. But those are some really good clashes at the bottom of the table and at the top of the table. You know, Newcastle men, United, both on the fringes of the Champions League. Um, that would be really interesting. Hopefully they draw. 
Um, and Manchester City against Tottenham. Hopefully they draw as well, but sounds like neither of us really expect that to happen. So, um, but yeah, that is everything from us here on the Backseat Managers podcast. Hopefully we see another phenomenal week of being an Arsenal fan um, with Arsenal against Wolves next Saturday. So, but um, that's everything. We still haven't uh, received a new slogan yet. Um, so it is still stay breezy out there, everybody. So stay breezy and please give no, us that, something that can't else. Be it. I'll come up with a new one right now. You come up. You come up with a new one. Okay, go ahead. It's um, three, two, one, go. That's it. Keep it's scoring. stay breezy, everybody. No, keep scoring. Yeah, no, that's a dumb one. Still, stay breezy. <laughs> we'll try again next. We'll try again next I'm, week. I'm doing it out under pressure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna put you under pressure again next week. So, um, okay. Well, um, okay. That's everything from us. Have a fantastic day and watch with us. Listen to us again next time with the Backseat Managers podcast. Take care. Peace.